Hey, welcome back to the Infos Podcast. This is Brian. This is Daryl. And this is episode 352, Dragons vs. Cobras. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So we're, we've got another, like, content-heavy but subject-light podcast for you guys this week. We are talking uh, dragon stuff because I'm actually really enjoying all of the dragon stuff that's happening in this show. Uh, we're talking episodes one through four of Cobra Kai. And uh, then we're going to talk about how CM Punk is a bitch. Actually, we're going mean, to start with talking about how CM Punk is a bitch. I, I, but, I was going to yeah. say we're not biased at all, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> here's the thing, though, is I wasn't until until this year. Like, I was a punk mark, you know? Yeah, you are. Uh, and, like, I was at the first show that he came back and actually talked in Cincinnati last year. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, just think about that. It's been... Oh, hold on. Um, how are you? <laughs> Fine. Before I just dive into the one thing I've been talking about to anyone who will listen all week. Uh, so we're recording this on Sunday, the, um, the 11th, and um, we're not going to talk about that. But uh, last night I went to Midget Wrestling Warriors in Lawrenceburg, where my buddy Pete is the ring announcer. And I gotta say, it was so much fun. And those guys put on, and girls put on a great show. So when they come back in April, you gotta go with me. Do they always do it at Lawrenceburg or do they do different venues? Um, so last year when I saw them, they were at the Montgomery County Fairgrounds. Oh, okay. So, so they, yeah. Okay. But I mean, it was cool. I mean, this was like, there were like 1,800 people there. Oh, wow. Yeah. The last, um, I'm not going to say the promotion because I don't want, I don't want to call them out because it was a great show. But, um, the last like Cincinnati indie show I went to was, uh, at Bogart's and they had less than 500 people there. Wow. That so, is, a that is huge. Yeah. It was fun. It was a good time. Um, shout, just shout out to the, to the midget warrior wrestling or midget wrestling warriors there. It's a great little promotion. Uh, I think it's on TV. Like they they're on some app uh, that's on Roku TV. Um, I, I don't know what it is. I'll, I'll tweet it out or something if I if I can figure out what it was. Um, but yeah, all right. So we're gonna we're gonna do this quick because Daryl's got football today. Uh, <laughs> Are you ready for some football? All right. So CM Punk being a bitch. So Bobby Fish called him the c word um, and not cool. So um, cool is not the c word he used. Um, Billy, Billy Butcher's favorite word. Yes. It's a, it's a term of it. Actually, though, see, here's the thing, though. Is it like, was he using it as a term of endearment, like people do in Britain? Or uh, was he not. using it in the American, <laughs> in the American definition of the word? So, any, anyway. Yes. Yeah, so, a whole bunch of stuff going on here. Uh, so, last week was the all-out pay-per-view uh, from AEW. It's essentially their WrestleMania um, it was a great show. I highly recommend everybody going and watching it, especially my guys from the Acclaimed, um, which I ordered their little micro brawler things from um, <laughs> um, Ringside or from uh, PWTs uh, <laughs> and a new shirt. I didn't get the Scissor Me Daddy shirt. <laughs> that I'm, a little too much even for you. I, no, I really want to, but I'm like, I'm not going to wear it like, you know. Like, I'm just not like it's not, it's not, it, just one, the design and everything. It's more than I normally would 
wear yeah. as far as like a design on a shirt. I either have nothing or a small like logo. But uh, the, the, the acclaim versus Keith Lee and Swerve Scott um, or Strickland, sorry, was uh, was great. It was a great match. Um, and my guys, even though they didn't win, they went over. They went over big in defeat. Oh, they're super over. Yeah, so, absolutely. Um, and everybody's finally catching up to what I've been talking about for the last year. And I feel good about that. <laughs> I mean, I have. I mean, yeah. I, I've been anybody who listen. I'm like the, the acclaimed guys. That, that's where it's at. Um. Anyway, but back to back to to old PG Punk. Um. I actually, you know what? We should just call him Phil Brooks for the rest of the episode because I don't think he deserves to be called CM Punk. Um. After the way he acted, so he had a, a title match against John Moxley. He won, um, winning back his AEW title that he lost the Wednesday before. Uh, and he should have relinquished when he went out for a little, little, almost two months for foot surgery. Um, but he, uh, he sits down and, uh, Nick Hossman, who is a wrestling, uh, from wrestling Inc, you know, started talking to him and then CM Punk goes in on Colt Cabana and Scott Colton is Colt Cabana's real name. Um, he goes in on Colt Cabana and, and all of this stuff and, and like, you know, um, it seemed like maybe he wanted Houseman to be like, oh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm friends with Colt Cabana. And Houseman's like, I'm not. And, and he's like, yeah, but you and he's like, I haven't talked to him in however long. You know, it, it was kind of a thing. Um, and so he went off on this tirade about his history, his history with Colt Cabana, which if you're a wrestling fan, you, you, you know all about it. Um, if you're not a wrestling fan, essentially they were friends. They blew up pretty much everybody's spot. Like going after WWE and a podcast, uh, and it led to a whole bunch of legal issues for everyone involved. So we'll, we'll leave it at that. Um, but then, like during this tirade, he he goes in on the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega for for no reason, MJF, and then Adam Adam Hangman Page. Uh, and and so I've had a problem with this because of a couple weeks ago he went out in the ring and he called uh, Hangman Page out called him a coward and then sat down and waited for him to come out. Um, and when he didn't, he called him a coward. Sorry. Uh, but Hangman wasn't even in the building. And he knew that. Right. He and he knew, knew that. that. Right. Right. Phil knew that. And this was allegedly a receipt. So in wrestling, like if you do something, like say you hit somebody, they're going to hit you back harder. That's called a receipt. Um, right. This was a receipt for something that Hangman did during their, uh, you know, build up to their big title match that, that CM Punk won when he talked about workers' rights um, to to Phil. And uh, anyway, and, and this was him getting him back after three months when he wasn't in yep. the building. So that's a bitch move, right? Oh, absolutely. And and I, I likened it to when guys, like if you call, if I call somebody out, and I know they can't do something about it. And then I call them a coward for not doing something about it, even though I know 100% they can't do anything about it. That's not a receipt. That's mm-hmm. not that. That's me playing tough guy. And that's what he did right there. Well, that's a punk move all absolutely. the way. And then he goes Lower on when he's talking about the uh, the elite uh, and uh, allegedly leaking information about him to the press. And he's like, yeah, if you guys are going to say something, say something to my face. It's like, well, Hangman did say it to your face. 
when he went off book or as they say in wrestling, went into business for himself. himself. He went off book and said it three inches from your face and you didn't do a thing about it where you absolutely, he absolutely could have, and he would have had every right to do it and, and squashed it right then and there. But no, he didn't. And um, absolutely, you know what? Mm-hmm. It could have made sense because he was saying it to his face right. for the promo. Mm-hmm. And if Punk would have responded for that, okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. The other thing, too, is seven years ago when CM Punk, Phil Brooks, left WWE and essentially, well, he was fired. And I'll get into that in a sec. But he he was he complained about, for the last seven years, he complained about how there wasn't a company like AEW. And the Bucks, Kenny Omega, and Cody Rhodes went out and started All Elite Wrestling, which is exactly the type of, of promotion that CM Punk was talking about, Phil Brooks, whatever, uh, <laughs> was talking about existing. And then here he is blowing up that spot. Yeah. Saying that these guys, these EVPs, couldn't manage a target. Yeah. I mean, one... That's insulting to them as EVPs and the stuff they did to help this company get founded. Mm-hmm. And two, that's an insult to people that run Target too. And <laughs> he's too stupid or too careless to realize that. Well, he's he's this. Unfortunately, he's a crazy leftist, and he thinks he's above everything. Um, uh, uh, the other thing is, he's like, you know, if they're going to say something, they should say it to to my face. They went to his locker room after, and this is still under investigation. There's a whole bunch of conflicting reports. Um, but he started a fight with them. Uh, his his boy Ace Steel, who we talked about before, literally threw a chair at Nick Jackson, uh, one half of the Young Bucks, after CM Punk punched Matt Jackson. And then when Kenny Omega was trying to break it up, he bit Kenny Omega and pulled his hair, who was trying to save CM Punk's dog from getting stepped on. Yeah. And everyone's like, hey. well, well, to just a little context, apparently Ace Steel's wife has a broken foot and was in that room when, you know, the, the fracas occurred. And he's like, I did this and I saw red. And I actually got into like, not like a beef, but like a little comment thing with uh, a dude on YouTube. And, and, you know, he's like, well, any real man would, would definitely stand up for, for his wife and, and do whatever it takes. And it's like, no, a real man is going to get his wife or kids out of that situation and do whatever he can not to end up in jail or to dead. de-escalate. Right. You de-escalate because you want to keep your family safe. You don't like, like I mean, these, these because... fucking keyboard cowboys. It's like, look, you say that because you don't know how to fight. You right. say, yes, this is what I'm going to do. And a steel apparently doesn't know how to fight because he's got to throw chairs, bite and pull hair. Like, uh, Dak Harwood's little girl has a has a FTR shirt that says fight like an eight-year-old girl. Maybe we need mm-hmm. to make one for Ace Steel that says fight like a four-year-old girl. <laughs> um, because, you know, an eight-year-old girl, I mean, she, she you know, she went down and, and she got the pen after the match and it was really funny. But, um, yeah, th- this is just, it's ridiculous all the way around. So now there's like, you know, a steel is suspended. He's probably going to get fired. He should get fired and he's probably going to have charges pressed against him. And he should probably spend a few, few weeks in jail to be 100% mm-hmm. honest with you. Uh, Phil Brooks should 100% be fired because he burned the company to the ground in a 10 minute statement. Um, the bucks, Kenny and a bunch of other backstage production people all got suspended while they're figuring this out. I am 100% putting blame on all of this escalating the way it did, though, on Tony Khan's 
tiny Absolutely. little shoulders. Absolutely. Because yes. the second CM Punk opened his mouth about EVPs, Tony should have been like, all right, walk away. Put the mic yes. down, walk away. You don't, you, no, you're not, you're not doing this right now. Leave. Go, 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 go. Yeah. And this is the thing. I, I forgot which video I was watching. I, I don't know if you sent it to me, but there's this guy, you know, bald headed guy in one of the wrestling, one of the wrestling channels. And he mentioned one of his videos like you can't he didn't say you can't put this on Tony Khan, but they were talking about the ego thing. And it's like Tony Khan has been dealing with egos mm-hmm. with all his business things. So he knows how to deal with egos. So, he has to deal with like, FIFA soccer players. FIFA soccer yeah. players. Nobody has egos like Premier League soccer players. No one. Yeah. I mean, these are people and, but, who, sorry, just real quick. These are people who, if you look at them cross, they fall down and act like they've been shot and roll and on the ground is, pretending yeah. to writhe in pain because so they, this is, they want the crowd to cheer for them. Sorry. So this is what you said. Uh, you said this before. You know, he's basically a fanboy in the sense of wrestling. He loves wrestling. This is one of the reasons why he, you know, he kind of threw his chip chip in mm-hmm. a ring for this. That is a detriment because he is not looking at these people. Uh, he lo- He's looking at them more as a fan does, not as a business partner or well, an owner. This and- this particular individual because he was yeah, that's what i mean he was yeah. the top of their like jericho was the top of their list to bring over right jericho was in right. all in um but cm punk was like really high up as a guy that they wanted to bring in early and he waited until it got popular and then was like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna go and i'm gonna go over here now and i'm you know here's the thing is everyone in wrestling, and I was hanging out with a bunch of, you know, they, they might be midget wrestlers, but they're still wrestlers, and they're still in the business, and they're still, you know, you know, Pete got his start because uh, he met King Kong Bundy, and he asked, or I'm sorry, he, didn't, he met George the Animal Steel, and he said, hey, what can I do to, um, you know, get in as a ring announcer? And George the Animal Steel told him, do you have a suit? And, or do you have a suit with you? And he said, no. He said, don't ever show up to another wrestling show without a suit, because inevitably, there's going to be a time where promoters like, hey, does anyone have a suit? Our ring announcer didn't show up. Oh, that's how Pete cool. got into the business, right? So you work your way into it. You you work your way up, and these guys all work their way. They have all worked their ways up. No, no doubt about it. Even CM Punk, right? Yeah, absolutely. But CM Punk walked away from the game. He took his ball and he went home. And you know. It's just a shame because he's an asshole in real life, according to every single person I've talked to. And I do have wrestler friends, and I, I do, I do, you know. Anyway, I don't want to, I don't want to blow anybody's spot up, but um, he's not well liked by the majority of the people. And if you look back at the the program he did with Eddie Kingston, right? Okay. Um, I don't know if you were watching when that was happening but like he was talking about how eddie was lazy and fat and and eddie's like you you kept me down you held me back and it's like whoa yeah, oh, apparently, that one. Yeah. apparently yeah. he did this to a lot of guys so i don't know it, at, at the end of the day there's there's an active investigation going on the truth is going to come out but in my humble opinion uh if if the young bucks and kenny omega face any kind of of um, anything beyond this suspension that they're serving right now, it's ridiculous. 
if Ace Steel and Steam Punk are allowed to return to that locker room or, or the company in any sort of way, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It, and, and again, I, I've, I've got to say, I see a lot of people talking about the, you know, the, 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 the money that CM Punk has brought in on some of these shows. And you know what? That's you're, you're absolutely right. It, that is absolutely true. But you know what you don't do? You don't blow up the long term for a couple short term profits. And that's exactly what would happen because what you're doing, if you bring him back, you're going to continue to uh, build that festering locker room and guys are going to mm-hmm. be like, you know what? No, thanks. I, you know, now that triple H is over here or yeah. now, or I can just go international. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do that. I don't need to do that. And, Tri- and you Triple can H was right. Stars. By the way. When it came to CM Punk, Triple H was a hundred percent right. And, and out of respect, I do feel like we need to stop calling him Triple H and we need to call him Paul Levesque because he's not making Triple H decisions over there. Now he's making smart, creative decisions, putting the right people in the right place. And, you know, um, Tony Khan freeing himself of the, the albatross that is CM Punk would probably be a really smart move right now because dynamite and rampage this week were both fantastic shows. Yeah. And they didn't have any of the top guys. None of the top guys were on no, the show. No, they didn't because they could. Yeah. So. I mean, I, like, I don't know if I said this to you, but I was talking to my buddy Chris about this, but I couldn't ever imagine a world a month ago where someone said, there's going to be a main event on Dynamite. It's going to be Daniel Garcia versus Wheeler Yuta for the ROH Pure title. And I was, I would have been like, one, I don't care about either of those guys. And two, the Pure title is bullshit. It's just stupid. It's stupid rules. I don't like it. And... No, I was like all in. I'm like, oh yeah, this is gonna be great. How the hell are they gonna like like I still don't like that pure title, but it's like, how are these two gonna like with the brutality in the way they wrestle, gonna get away with that? Like get away, like, you know, have one of them like, you know, not lose because they they did two open hand or two close hand, you know, yeah, punches. So yeah. Ridiculous. But I mean, but awesome at the same time, right? This I mean it was so great. It was a great match, it was a great night of wrestling. Um the acclaimed came out, and I love how they shut down Max's rap. <laughs> um, you know, MJF came out and didn't even have to mention it. Didn't even have to mention it, and he was still the most over guy in the in the world at that moment. And his so. last his last line to Moxley, like Triple H says, "It's what's best for business." Yeah, yeah. was great. Oh yeah. So anyway. So again, CM Punk is a bitch. Um, there is a whole. I put a link to um, from Cage Side Seats, a uh, an article talking about how the entire thing seems to have been premeditated, um, and it was his way of maybe trying to get out of the company. I I don't I don't know, but he definitely had some sort of agenda. And if I'm Tony Khan, he he should be gone when when He's he comes gone. back from injury. Yeah. Um, and at the very yeah. least, he yeah. should be suspended without pay. So. Yeah, do a Vince McMahon. You're fired. You're fired. All right. Uh, let's talk about dragon stuff. Yes. Okay. So we had season one, episode three, House of the Dragon, uh, second of his name. And this is uh, three years later from the last episode. And yeah, loving these time jumps. I'm loving the time jumps, but I also am loving how they uh, they they call out exactly like how long it's been. It, it's not and the way yeah. it, it 
it's not forced or right. it's not the crawl like three years three years later three years later or anything like that and, and we've talked about this before how you can do that with just an, one or two lines of dialogue mm -hmm. explain things that have happened over a time jump or what have you and they're doing a very good job of this right oh so far i should say yeah you're absolutely right they are um and you know i think who are the showrunners for this one uh, excuse me right ryan condal and um oh, where'd it go and uh miguel spinach spinochnik um sure i think are, are really really like navigating some very difficult waters to to bring this to bring this show to life and to tell a story dealing with the fact that the preceding series was the biggest show on television and then after the last episode aired like it's, is mentioned it's in cool. whispers in yeah. very specific parts of nerddom yeah yeah people make you know signs as if it's you know uh one of those evil eye signs like remember the game of thrones that we we knew five six years ago and how it ended yeah they're it's, putting like they, they put like a, a towel over the D, their dvd sets so like yeah. you can't see what they're doing and, and and you know encourage them and i'll be honest like season eight is not perfect but the ending was not that bad um no, and, and I have, just... you can go listen to, to me and Daryl's predecessor review that season. It wasn't as bad as everybody thought it was. And no, yes, it... they, 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 they set Danny up to be the crazy mad Targaryen that she ended up to be. They just needed another half a season to do it right. Or as it, as HBO and Martin want it to go 10 seasons right. or well, yeah. not even if, even if they didn't do 10 seasons, having 10 episodes in season seasons, seven and eight would have helped foster some of the, An, another half things season. That they, yeah. Yeah. It, it would have been another so. has. And, and if those episodes, six episodes were actually movie length instead of an hour and five minutes, mm -hmm. an hour and 10 minutes, like they, they tried to say it was movie length. Yeah. No, so, the again, double D's, that was on the D yeah. double. Yep. That was on, that was all on them. And I agree with you. We, we've talked about this, how, yes, I was disappointed. But to say, you know, people use you hyperbole all the time. This ruined this. This ruined. No, it, it did not ruin it. It did. It did not. The ending did not ruin Game of Thrones. And the whole Daenerys thing, if you were paying attention from the jump, this was what it was leading to. Mm -hmm. It's just that the last couple seasons were rushed and they tried to truncate everything, including people traveling 1500 miles and. 10 minutes of an episode right that was a problem too oh, but I'm... overall it was not as bad as people say these guys just got stuck on an iceberg i'm in dragonstone <laughs> oh well let me just fly there oh my god at yeah. the speed of light <laughs> yeah because yeah. i went back in time to save them because that's how anyway yeah no you're right um Okay, so no, this episode, it's, uh, it's three years later. The conflict on the Stepstones has escalated. Lord Corliss and Prince Damon are battling the Crab Feeder and his pirates with no support, none whatsoever. And there were some really cool battle scenes in this episode. Like, some of the coolest Game of Thrones battle scenes we've seen. Like, very reminiscent of Saving Private Ryan in a way. Um, yeah. And then King Viserys is planning the great hunt to celebrate... Um, his son, uh, Aegon's second name day, 
and uh, the fact that Queen Alicent is pregnant again. Um, and, you know, I, I, was it Jason, Jason Whitlock said Raynara was being written like little Hillary Clinton, right? Which I was, think that's what you shared with me. Yeah, he did. Yeah. She's being written like a boy. She's not being yeah. written like a girl. She's being written by she she's she's being written very similar to Joffrey, to be a hundred percent honest with you. In the entitlement that she has, and that that she's yeah. she's feeling towards all of this. Um, she resents like the attention that Aegon, who's two year old, is getting. She's she's nearly mm-hmm. twenty and you know, and she's she's upset that her father is sending suitors over to try and like win her attention and have a match. Um, we get to meet Jason Lannister, which was very interesting actually, um, because Jason is Tywin Tywin's grandfather, great grandfather, um, and is mentioned in Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah, or, and I'm also sorry. it's mentioned in A Song of Ice and Fire. I don't think he was mentioned yeah. in the series, um, but he's talking about Casterly Rock and yeah. Rhaenyra. And like, he has no, a twin. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. He does. Yes. I forgot the twin's name though. He um, works with He was the one that brought news of how how the war was yeah. going. Yeah. During the birthday well, the pre-birthday party or whatever you want to name mm-hmm. day party or what have you. So, um But yeah, and I mean there's time that it actually passes during this episode as well. Like this episode has a little time jump in the middle of it after the hunt when uh everyone's trying to get Viserys to to help with what's going on down at, at Stepstone. Um, and like you're saying, the Lannister twin, um, brings the letter from the front. Like, Hey, look, we need, we actually need help. Can you help us? Will you help us? Um, it was, it was really, really, really interesting. Um, and then the, the kind of the suicide run that Damon goes on. Damon. Yes. Was I thought one, it was beautifully shot. Um, I actually kind of believed Matt Smith could be a badass. The way they did that, and it was it wasn't quite like a one shot, but the way they like you said, the way they filmed it and put everything together, it it, it was it was a seamless it, it like worked seamlessly mm-hmm. together. And yeah. there weren't like jump cuts or anything like that, and they let shots linger. I thought it was very well done. One of the better scenes, you know, I, right. I've seen. Like Game of Thrones has had some great. Game of Thrones, just the series itself, had some great battles and, like, but from an individual perspective, this is you know this is up there. And it, you can say recency bias or not, but I just love the setting, mm-hmm. love the Damon's reasoning behind that because because he, he, he does that, and I don't think we said it, but spoilers by the way, if you don't know already. Uh, but he did that because he knew Viserys was coming to help. And yeah. he was like, F this. Mm-hmm. He was pissed because this whole time, three years, you know, his brother hasn't done anything. And right. now he's going to help. And, you know, he, he, Damon sees it as he's going to help and take all the credit. Right. And, and everybody's going to give him the credit. And I also found it super interesting because the episode opened, right, with the battle and Damon showing up with dragons 
and he lands on the one guy who's like screaming for the prince to help who got nailed to the yeah. to the to the driftwood um, which was a pretty cool scene and i liked it better than they would have than the double d's would have done it because they just showed the hammer come or the nail come through the back of the board and the blood yeah. leak out i thought that was great because like the double d's would have shown every single dunk 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 with the guy screaming in agony um but they don't have what it what did you call that uh restraint your favorite anyway <laughs> um to the end here where damon is literally like giving himself up he's he's on his knee he bends the knee to to hand his sword over and then as soon as he does like the cat's paw dagger comes out and just like oh man it was so cool like he he just the way he he tore through them and you know it even when the arrows slowed him down right it was very reminiscent reminiscent of ned stark in a lot of ways um in in just kind of the ferocity that he had as a warrior that i found really interesting um like i look at i look at at damon targaryen and i'm like he actually would have been friends with robert Oh, absolutely. He would have been friends. The, the three of them would have been raised in the veil together. Yeah. Um, and and, and it, it's 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 that. This is what I really like about Germ and and like the whole like you know like Tim Pool likes to say history doesn't repeat itself; it rhymes. Um, but the rhyming of these characters' backstories and histories and and motivations, and it's like you know if this guy from this time would have been friends with this guy from this time the realm would have been an amazing place. Right. But yeah, it's just that. Um, I'm also glad. Are we going to spoil who he killed? No, we're not going to spoil that. No. But I'm, I'm glad that they didn't show the actual battle. You know what? I, at first I was disappointed in mm. how certain, how, how things like that, how, cause I, a lot of times I do like to see if it's an important thing, but I thought about I you know I thought about it over the last week or so and this and also this is one of the reasons why I like this weekly type show thing mm -hmm. instead of having a Cobra Kai yeah Cobra Kai is fine the binge a Game of Thrones show, show like Game of Thrones you need you need time to have it breathe and in that regard there are more I thought about it's like there are more important things to do than watch this one battle mm -hmm. or this one right. one fight. So it make it made more sense as I thought about it because because yes I was actually initially disappointed until the few days of just mulling it over. Okay, so think of it this way, right? Is um, in Last Stand we saw the fight between Gene and Scott, but Scott's death was off screen, mm -hmm. right? So it left like, well, maybe he's not really dead. In this instance, the fight was off screen, and the results of that fight were very clearly stated and shown. And it's like, okay, this person has died. Yeah. Like, I, I think that's a much more powerful method of storytelling. Um, it shows doesn't tell, uh, which is awesome. But all right. So out of five redacted torsos. Um, uh, right now I give this a three and a half. This is what I like about this show so far is it's getting better. As shows should, not all shows do. Mm -hmm. I, I'm finding things, and I'm starting to get more and more intrigued. And in, in the, the one negative I had was Renera's attitude through most of this episode. Oh, yeah. yeah, I have one more thing to say about Renera, but go ahead. But yes, when you're talking about she, like the entitled nature of her, 
throwing a two and a half, three year tantrum because of what? Because her father had a had a son with her best friend. Right. Yeah, that might be awkward, but awkward. what has he done? What has her father done? How and and she doesn't say <laughs> she doesn't say anything that he did to make her think he was going to take anything away from her. Right. And, 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 yes. and he finally find so this is the point I, w- I was going to get to as well. They finally, she finally gets to the point to talk to him, and he's like, "I'm not replacing you. I didn't name yeah. you my heir on a whim. I believe you're good for the realm, but you have to secure your future. You have to secure yeah. your family. Yes, and, like, and break out the corona. Live my live life a quarter mile <laughs> at a time. Like, well, do it. If they if they reach for the food first, they say grace to the seven king or the seven gods and the new gods and the old. Well, you know? he he says it to her. Yeah, he says even I am not above tradition yeah. and every and you know tradition and you know whatever else he said. So this is not just because you're a woman. This is because you as heir. There are things you have to do that you might not want to do, but you need to do for the betterment of the realm and the people around you and your rule. And what they're trying to do is show this person who is, and again, I know she's young, young and relatively, although she should be more mature than this based on what goes on around her. So I think that was the one detraction for me. It wasn't like, oh, I feel bad for her. It's like, no, quit being an entitled brat. And do what your station calls you to do. Just like your father has to do things that he doesn't necessarily. He didn't want to marry six months after his wife died. No. But he, he didn't want to, he he didn't want to, to. marry someone so young. Yeah, he he knew he had to do this. So other than that, but yeah, three three point five uh, out of five. Yeah, I went uh, three point seven five out of five. I really like this. Like each episode has been my favorite episode so far. Agree. Yes. Um, but yeah. Yeah, no, just Renera. It's like, you know, at, at, all she had to do was talk to her dad, right? All she and had consider, to do was be like, yes. are you going to replace me? I want to know because if you're going to do that, I'd like to be freed of this burden of leadership to go live my life the way I want it with whom, with, with whom I choose. And he let her choose. He gave her, he said, you know what? You still have to bear the burden of being my heir, but I'm going to let you choose your match. Mm-hmm. And again, the opposite of it. She's the opposite of Arya Stark in every way. And they're trying to make us feel like Arya is Rhaenyra reborn. Um, but she, she is by, by far the least developed part of the show. I'm not even going to say the worst part. She's just the least developed part of the show. Yeah. And and, and again, because one yeah. of the thing, big things is there's there's still room for her to grow and right. room for them to do a lot of good stuff with her. It's just what we've seen so far. And I think you're absolutely right because I watched a uh, one of the reaction views and they mentioned Arya, not in this episode, but in the first episode where she was talking about how she wants to ride dragons and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I think they're trying to do that and it's to the detriment so far of the character, you know, in the first three episodes. Right. And the difference between her and Arya is Arya was never going to be the queen of anything. She no, was never going, she wasn't. yeah, she was gonna, you know, at, at, at worst, she was going to be, um, you know, <clears throat> a Stark family bargaining chip to probably a very good man that Ned would have matched her with. Right. Correct. Um, and at best, she was going to, you know, 
end up what she was. Yeah. So, again, be all because of Ned. Mm-hmm. So, all right. It's time. It's karate time. Oh, I thought you. Were, I, I I thought you were going to go with uh, Bruce Buffer. Oh, it's, it's time. <clears throat> so I, I, you know, I'm really surprised they didn't rename the show Eagle Fang Karate or Miyagi Do <laughs> like this season. I mean, Cobra. I mean, I get it. Like, but yeah. Uh, wow. So I finished. I finished the series, um, which you have not yet, right? Uh, that is correct. Okay, so. My job is not to spoil anything for Daryl. I don't care about you guys. I'm going to spoil whatever I want. But my job is not to spoil things for Daryl. <laughs> because I watched the first four episodes, and then I got probably 10 minutes into episode five, had to do a couple things, and then thought about it. Because I, I, don't, I, don't, I didn't want to go where you do, you, you know, where you are, because you've watched the whole thing. I didn't want to accidentally say something and, and mix something up from an episode that well, we weren't we're, we're and, talk well, which about. is why I was desperate to find the summaries. And and I, I do have to say, we should have watched the first five episodes because there's definitely something we need to talk about from the fifth episode. Uh-huh. Is, it, is that the second half of the fifth episode? Mm-hmm. Probably. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. I, I haven't gotten there, quite gotten there yet. So yeah. There's a, a cameo. Oh, definitely haven't gotten there yet. Yeah, then. an important cameo. And it's like, whoa, that is awesome. Um anyway 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 all right so yeah this is um well okay let's just do out of uh let's see out of 10 out of 10 crazy chosen because he gets worse um what do you give it out of 10 i give this eight right now it's it's really interesting because it feels a little different than the first few seasons and not in a bad way but because of where we are in the in the scheme we just finished the well we finished the tournament and everything now this is summer break so the kids aren't fighting down up and down the hallways like they're daredevil or something Mm -hmm. something like that but so, so everybody's broken apart and now you're getting these little scenes where you have all the characters at what times or another working through stuff, but not necessarily together. Everybody mm-hmm. is not in every episode other than, you know, the, the principals, but like, you know, I think Tori was, there was one episode she wasn't in. And mm-hmm. yeah. so we have that where everybody's, it's just going back and forth. And I think it, they're doing that. And you could probably say yay or nay to this to kind of, it's like that thing you have all these pieces and you're just slowly moving them around the board until they come together. So to answer that, there are there's a bunch of different storylines that they had to wrap up from the last two and a half episodes of season four. Correct. Yeah. And um, so like the Miguel going to Mexico where he leaves the tournament and, you know, he's on his way to Mexico at the end of the of the se- season four, like that is a two episode arc that very easily could have been uh in episode 11 and then episode 1 of season 4 right. and then and then now um but that being said uh yeah they 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 do 
I, I here's the problem that to to just kind of clarify your point. They 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 go from story A to story B to story C, back to story A to story B to story C through the first couple episodes of the show of the season. Where in the past is they went through the story and, and, and when it made sense to like, okay, like they need, the characters need to go do something like that. We don't need to follow them for it. We're going to go check in on everybody else and just seem much more formulaic this season. Yeah, I could see that. Um, and that, and maybe yeah. that's why I said it, it mean it's not in a ter- terrible way, but, or a bad way, but it just felt feels a little different than seasons past. Yeah. And I, and I think that to me, I feel like that's why, uh, also, you know, we, we spent a whole bunch of time with, um, the adults in the first four episodes and not nearly as much time with the kids as we have been. Yes. Yes. That's the right. other thing. Um, you know, we've got, we've got Miguel with, uh, Hector Salazar, um, you know, and, and finding out that his dad doesn't even know he exists. His dad has another kid who he saved, by the way, that Miguel saved from a truck. Um, you know, Johnny's uh, need for ironic T-shirts apparently really got them in trouble. <laughs> uh, I did like the spicy pepper challenge. I really liked um, the road trip between Johnny and um, I was going to call him Tanner. Um, what's Johnny's kid's name? Um Robbie, uh, Robbie Keen. I gotta say the characters in the show have great names. Like Robbie Keen, Robbie Keen, Kenny Payne, Miguel, Kenny Del D, Miguel Ma- Diaz. Yeah. Um, even Eli Moskowitz is just a fun name to say, <laughs> right? Uh, <laughs> Hector Salazar. Um, yeah. It's just, yeah, it's really funny. Chosen. <laughs> I like chosen, chosen, <laughs> chosen, Tajugachi, uh, or Togachi. So Tamagachi. What? Anyway, uh, um, but yeah, no, and, and and you know we we get this really cool Cobra Kai commercial for for the dojo to to come join Cobra Kai. Um, it felt very much like watching watching Rocky Four. Yes, which. Um, Rocky, the whole, the Rocky franchise is, especially Rocky four, um, is brought up a lot in this, in this season. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just one of those things that, um, I'm trying to think of how to do this without like spoiling too terribly much. Uh, oh, Terry decides he's going to expand Cobra Kai through acquisition. I thought that was interesting. He's going to buy dojos and students. Um, and we get to Tabang- Topanga. Um, is it Topanga Karate or Topanga Martial Arts, whatever it is. The one where uh, the kid who was doing all the flippy-do stuff and his mom had his face painted, had her face painted um, yeah. in the first tournament. Uh, <laughs> that kid, uh, that's where he came from. And their their sensei is very much a, a very zen Zen man, and he's he's fired <laughs> from his dojo, and replaced um, the daughter from the man who taught Crease and Silver. I think that's the daughter, right? I don't think they ever like really said who she was. The um, yeah, the, 
but uh you know there there's this whole like influence on uh like from from the Cobra Kai roots that is happening he he hires all these senseis to uh to teach Cobra Kai at different dojos around the valley um and Daniel and uh Chosen decide that Chosen's going to go undercover <laughs> yeah and your your thought about or mentioned that you, we see a lot more of the adults early on mm-hmm. with this whole thing and one thing I like is this is a character in and Terry Silver that Daniel can't go after in a physical way because he one he, he not not he's not just capable physically but the business acumen as far as ac- building Cobra Kai and his vision to become you know a, a conglomerate with this dojo is much more than just you know what a one-on-one fight can do anything about and that's why daniel has to change change tactics and say we need to expose this guy Mm -hmm. and with that daniel is losing is being so obsessed with this that and 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 this is not necessarily a full full spoiler but we saw this in the last couple seasons where amanda is getting a little bent out of shape and rightfully so because of some of the things that have happened with the kids you know the fight in their you know their pool house or whatever it is no their house and house. This, their house house and and this is this continues here in this epi- in this season so far in the first few episodes at least where daniel is so hell-bent on bringing terry down it's at the detriment to things around him including his family and, and I, I, Amanda's I will, I will the say they um they deal with that they deal with that in the fifth episode, actually. Um, That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and you know, Amanda comes to to get a different point of view um, of what's happening, which is great. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's um, I don't know. Like, I didn't find it to be um, awful, right? Like, like, it wasn't bad that we spent more time with the adults it was just no no weird. not at all it was just different right i mean different, it's, yeah it's not like uh stranger things where it's like i don't want anything to do with those adult characters i thought they were all horrible um like spend more time with the kids and i am you know but anyway yeah this is not the same yeah no because i i actually liked because i think it is it, it now don't get me wrong i'm not comparing it to uh, the the writing level with the adults as what we get with superman and lois but when you see the conflict between Daniel and Amanda, for example, you understand both points of view. You get mm-hmm. where Daniel's coming oh, yeah. from, and you absolutely get where she is fed up with it. Well, we also and, have 35 years of history with Daniel LaRusso as a character, and we yeah. got to watch him grow up and go through and, and, and discover the demons that he has to reface now that Amanda doesn't yeah. know about. And, and it's not just that she doesn't know about it because it's one of those things, yeah, it would be easy for him to tell her, but it's very difficult for him. When you have a traumas like he did, mm-hmm. it's sometimes difficult to express it. In, it instead, he says, trust me on this. Yep. Uh, so I, it, that's what I mean. I, I, you understand both points of view. And, I, and that's one of those things I like in writing in general. I, I do not like where you have those cookie-cutter situations where one person is clearly right and one person is clearly wrong. Because it's it's just boring to me. So even if I might stand on you know side of Team Cap, 
I still understand where Team Iron Man is coming from. Sure. And I think and they do a good job here with that. Yeah, you still understand where Team Iron Man is coming from, but they're still wrong. Yes. Oh, I, I understand where you're, you're you're wrong, but <laughs> I get it. I mean, you're 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 not right, and I'm I'm never going to believe you are right. But yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah. So I don't know. It's um, yeah. Rob, Rob, like da- Daniel steps on every possible landmine that Terry can possibly put in front of him because da- Daniel doesn't have any way to, you know, um, to be objective about terry or clear-headed um and it, it takes like you know it takes a long time for daniel to get through that uh episode three we we got the return of um of karate's bad boy yeah mike barnes uh and he's anything but <laughs> karate's bad boy now uh he can still handle himself. Oh yeah, I mean, dude, yeah, dude is awesome. Um, <laughs> so Sean can, uh, Sean Kanan is back as Mike Barnes. He looks really good. Yeah, um, he's, he's been on some soap opera for like yeah. years. Well, yeah, General Hospital, and then Bold. I think he's oh, he's on Bold and Beautiful now. Um, he's a Cleveland boy. He's an Ohio guy. I didn't know that. Yeah, he's fifty-five. He doesn't look fifty-five. Really? Yeah. So Ralph Macchio is sixty. That's impressive. He's dude. starting. He's starting to look. He's starting to look sixty though. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. he is just a little bit. He is. Billy's advocate's fifty six. Jeez. But anyway, oh, hold on. Um, Courtney Hengeller, who plays Amanda, is forty three. So she's the young buck of them all. She's the baby. That's a really inappropriate <laughs> relationship uh, for her and, and Daniel. I mean, seventeen <laughs> years. Robber. Seventeen years older than her. So, um, yeah, definitely a cradle robber. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> I, like yeah, I, I think you're right. Like I don't really. I I just want everybody to go watch this to be to be 100 percent honest. Like there's no there's no quality drop off. Like. The coming back with the first episode, like you see Miguel have the have a situation where, you know, he's gonna need to fight and he he follows Daniel's advice and walks away. And then Johnny walks into that same situation and needs Robbie to get him out of it. Mm-hmm. Um like I it just I think see you should have watched the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> whatever you were doing you should have just stopped and watched the whole thing because uh yeah um oh they don't have the summaries for the last three episodes yet that, oh that's smart they they definitely should not have done that um yeah it was it was it's really good oh uh oh she's the granddaughter of um the person who taught crease and silver okay sorry um my bad <laughs> Uh, yeah, this is, this is really, really cool. Um, what did you think of, of, um, silver buying the bonsai trees at the charity event? That was, again, what he's doing, like talking about master manipulation and from a standpoint of hitting Daniel, where in an emotional spot where he's going to make a mistake. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. 
because what he it's not that he buys it it's like what he says to daniel afterwards it's oh, like yeah. you know those are yeah you know, those are it seems like a lot of work i might just you know tear them up and use them for mulch or whatever he's <laughs> yeah like yeah um and then what he, he does the way he plays daniel to get him to attack him yes that's what i was just about to say that uh, the guy is such a dangerous villain because he's capable uh, antagonist because he's so capable in the physical sense he's so capable in the business sense but in the you know the psychological sense he's even more so maybe Mm -hmm. oh well he's much smarter than daniel oh absolutely that's not even question daniel daniel is not if the movie hadn't been karate kid and Daniel LaRusso hadn't been the quote-unquote hero of that movie, um, there's there's no one who's following him anywhere. He's not yeah. a leader, you know? Um, they, as much as they force it on the character, like, people don't like him. <laughs> no. No, I mean, because he, it, like, even in the, the movies, he's just a whiny brat. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he kind of started all of this, you know, but that's, I mean, we've talked about that. That's, that's the whole reason the show exists. Um, but yeah, no, I like, this is great. I'm so happy it's back. I, I have Netflix for a month. I'll watch it again. Um, I'll probably end up watching Umbrella Academy season three. And remember in November we get uh, warrior nun back. I'm just going to borrow your your membership then like i'm happy to pay for cobra guy coming back but yeah anyway <laughs> all right uh anything else you want to add about the first five episodes we're going to come back for episodes six through ten or first we'll come back with episodes five through ten next week but anything about the first four episodes not that i can think of i just i do like it just it's just a different pacing mm-hmm. and it took me a minute to get used to it honestly and that's why I said it was like I felt I just felt it was different and just I, I like what you said when you said, you know, this is more focused right now on the adults and you know, just all these storylines, you know, you, you clip one storyline, thankfully out of the way. So it's just that and I'm really interested to see how things develop from the you know, the second half of the season for me. Yeah, you have to watch how the adults put all the pieces on the board, which are the kids in a lot of ways, and then how the kids deal with uh, being manipulated. <laughs> so I, I I I figure it'll be a, f- a couple days. I'll probably finish it yeah. up. So, um, yeah, and I think uh, I think it's really interesting the way the way it goes, the way it ends. Um, um, season six should be a barn burner. So, and actually, I kind of hope season six is the last season. Get out while it getting's good. Yeah. Because there's, there's just kind of one more thing that they have to deal with. And, yeah. All right. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Yep. Cool. No, I was just going to say that's fair. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, uh, thank you all for listening. We will uh, we'll be back next week. Talk to you later. See you. The Infamous Podcast is recorded in Kings Mills, Ohio, just north of Cincinnati. You can find new episodes every Sunday on Apple Podcast, YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcast, 
our website, or anywhere podcasts are downloaded. This show is hosted by Daryl Jasper and me, Brian Tudor. To find more information about the show, visit us at infamouspodcast.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at infamouspodcast to keep up with the show. We also have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash infamouspodcast. We have some great rewards for our patrons and are looking for help to grow the show to bring you more of the content you want to hear. Music for this podcast is provided by Michael Henry from meetmichaelhenry.com. So, whenever you're listening to us, have a great day, night, evening, weekend, whenever it is, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.